What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, 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 everyone. This is Jennifer, Dr. J. Tebow, and you are on live on The Real Jenny on Sports Special Edition. This is the 2010 recalls, all about what happened in 2010. Today is Tuesday, December 28th, 2010. We are wrapping up rapidly um, a fast and furious year in sports. And just like the past couple of days in sports have been fast and furious, so has been the entire year. I just want to welcome you. Uh, Again, this is a radio show that we live broadcast and do a simulcast partly on Blog Talk Radio. So if you're dialing in or you're interested in dialing in to either just listen by phone or to come on the show, you can dial 347-637-1837. Again, that is 347-637-1837, and that's how you get connected with our show. Now, if you're one of the enterprising people, you have joined us via live video stream and so, again, if you're watching a new stream and you want to join in, have your voice be heard, that's the same phone number, 347-637-1837. I typically have this show every Tuesday at 9 p.m. New time. I moved it up an hour. People are getting a little sleepy on the broadcast, so I had to move it up. But every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time for 30 minutes, the Real Jenny Radio Show with the sports segment, is on Tuesday night. And so, uh, but this is special. This is the 2010 recall. So if you got a chance to see some of my quick spots that talk about what this show would be about, this one is special. It's scheduled to be 60 minutes. However, I, uh, I have about 45 minutes worth of things to chat about and talk about. My regular co-host, Damon Allen, is actually feverishly driving, so Damon, don't speed. Certainly, you can join me whenever you get on. So people that are looking at me on Ustream TV, just know that I might be panning back to my uh, switchboard as I look at the radio portion of our live broadcast. I want to make sure that I get Damon piped in to the call as soon as possible. This show is all about sometimes the predictable and the unpredictable in sports. As Damon Allen and I like to talk about it as if it is sports from the inside out. Uh, most sports shows that you see always cover sports typically from a fan perspective. However, with this particular sports show, uh, with this segment, we tend to talk about in the huddle what happens on a daily basis uh, and what happens not just from the contract negotiations, but what happens from teammate to teammate real-life scenarios. That's really important as we try to understand and dissect some of sports' most complex moments in 2010. All right, so no Damon yet, but if you've never seen the show 
and you're interested in what our sports show is about, Damon Allen, to give you an introduction of Damon. Damon is a 23-year veteran of the Canadian Football League. He is about 19, 20 months into his retirement from the Canadian Football League. Uh, it It is the oldest football league in the world. They will make their 100th Grey Cup championship happen in the year 2012. And so Damon is a four-time Grey Cup champion leading four different teams. He is by far one of the best quarterbacks to ever put his hands on the laces. And so I know that he will join us shortly. I picked Damon, just just so that you know, I picked Damon Allen as what some may say as an unusual pick for a sports show that's based out of the United States. But the reality is I try to cover sports from all angles, from all sides of the globe, sometimes we talk to tennis, tennis matches in Wimbledon. We talk about things from all over the globe, so it was certainly important for me to also look potentially outside of the United States. Something that Damon doesn't often talk about on the show, uh, Damon had a brother that some of you in the sports world may know as well, one of his brothers. There's five boys, I think five Allen boys total. But one of the other Allen brothers, now, it is Marcus Allen, so Hall of Famer and just football legend, um, Marcus Allen. So, But all of the Allen boys and his sister, so big family and just mom and dad, great, great family, and they built up great champions both on and off the sports field. Okay. So me, just to give you a background, if I've never done that on the show and you've been listening, uh, for me, I started in a variety of sports. The first and the most important for me was actually gymnastics. I started at two years old once I saw Nadia Comaneci compete in the Olympics, in the 1976 Olympics. I said, that's what I want to do, and that's what I want to be when I grow up. And so immediately my mother put me into sports, and at that stage of the game I was hooked. I also uh, followed basketball, which is where my nickname, Dr. J, really came from. While I am completing my Ph.D., uh, Dr. J has kind of been around, has been around for a little longer than the PhD program. But I am this champion spirit. Uh, I've been tested men, with mental tests, and they all come back to that competition is my top strength and talent. And I wouldn't doubt it because I, I do tend to be a serious competitor, which makes for great conversations about sports, whether it's with Damon Allen or with anybody. Okay, so I don't want to just hold back the information because I know that you want to hear about what my top picks were for the things to talk about, the most notable. All right, so I think we start at the top. Let's go to the heart of some of the highlights of sports in 2010. The first, I want to talk about championship wins. Uh, hopefully, Damon, you jump in, uh, but let's talk about championship wins just for a moment. Got to start with the National Football League. In 2010, we saw Super Bowl 44, Super Bowl 44 uh, happen. And in Super Bowl 44, who was there? The New Orleans Saints and the Indianapolis Colts. New Orleans Saints led by Drew Brees and the Indianapolis Colts led by what I believe is really a living legend right now, certainly a Hall of Famer um, in uh, and Peyton Manning. And so, you know, it was a class of Titans. Of course, the Saints were an underdog. They had incredible momentum going into this game. But let's be honest, 
the Saints, they said, we're not supposed to win. But then you have to factor in the concept of who that. You've got to factor in the Saints. As many of you know, I was born in the great state of Louisiana, grew up in the Lone Star State of Texas, but born in Louisiana, have Louisiana roots, and still a Louisiana name to absolutely prove it. So it was that moment in time where you almost stopped breathing while you watched that game. And, of course, the Saints beat the Indianapolis Colts. Fantastic game, 31-17. Drew Brees was the MVP, and it really restored the energy and the excitement in the city of New Orleans. Now, I just need for New Orleans and politics to sweep in and continue to make the changes in the aftermath of Katrina, but hopefully that helped to usher in a little bit more awareness of what's happening in that city. Let's go to basketball. The NBA crowned champions. Uh, a second time, our second time in a row champion was the Los Angeles Lakers. They actually played the Boston Celtics. They went to a seven-game series. It was a straight gut out. Just the playoffs were awesome in 2010. It seemed like the year before, in 2009, the playoffs were a bit boring. There were some moments where you just thought, really, the people you thought were supposed to win won people that didn't really lost, and it just was kind of boring. Not at all this this uh, 2010. So this playoff series, all of them were really, really good. And so, but the Lakers won. Many people know I'm not a Lakers fan, but I'm not a Lakers hater either. The Lakers did win. Kobe Bryant was the MVP. Most notable, and I'm talking, I, I actually had this play to talk about this particular moment, the Lakers won, Kobe has the MVP, and I'm going to put an asterisk on his MVP trophy. Ask me why. Just, just ask me why. I put an asterisk on it because a champion, and I'm going to say that again, a champion does not get on the microphone and gloat and now start comparing and saying, I have one more than someone else. So as you all may recall, as they go to interview Kobe, and I believe he was, like, hugging the trophy and just, I mean, he's truly smitten, and I can't blame him for that. He won this, you know, this would be his fifth championship. and But now he says, and he's really thrilled, that he's got one more than Shaq. Let me tell you, Kobe, as a champion, you don't worry about anybody else. Worry about yourself. Because you still will never have as many rings as other NBA champions. So who are you really competing against? Just strive to be a champion, and that's the statement that I'll make. So I may come across as a hater, but I was disappointed to see that the media captured a person at the height of their excitement for a win and that that was the root of their excitement. So I just want a person to be excited for the accomplishment, not that they beat one person and when there are so many others that you still hadn't beat. All right, so let's go to NHL, the National Hockey League. Now, I rarely talk hockey but this is really important. It is a 2010 notable. Uh, and the Stanley Cup championship, um, Chicago Blackhawks won four games to two against the Philadelphia Flyers. Apparently, and I did not see the series, I have to be honest with you, hockey is not one of those sports that I watch regularly. I think I watched snippets of some of the games and some of the playoffs, but I really didn't keep up with, with hockey. So shame on me. That's my resolution. I'm going to do better next year. But the Chicago Blackhawks won, and so uh, the the MVP was Jonathan uh, T. 
Taves. I think it's Taves. Taves. John, uh, Jonathan Taves. And kudos to Chicago. They're buried under snow right now, but kudos to them. And then finally, would have saved this nugget for Damon Allen, but in the CFL, the uh, Montreal Alouettes actually won the CFL championship. What's significant about that? That was their, uh, it was a repeat for them, and so they'll be going for a three-peat, which many people do believe that they will three-peat next season. Even more remarkable about that actual win was that the quarterback of the Alouettes was going through some, I think it was like some illness and was holding back treatments and all these things. So you just talk about a true champion effort. It just almost brings me back when Rudy Tomjanovich uh, talked about the Houston Rockets win in the NBA Finals, and he made the save and never underestimate the heart of a champion. And that's, and that's really what the quarterback and the entire team uh, for the Montreal Alouettes. So congratulations and kudos to them. Also, talking about some other champions, Serena Williams. Serena Williams was the 2010 Wimbledon winner. Yes. So excited about that win. Uh, that was an important win for her. She gutted it out. But the Wimbledon had some kind of ups and downs, some things to really talk about. In the first round, if you recall, if you were paying attention, the first round of men's play was Eisner and Mahut. I'm not sure how to pronounce his name, so I apologize if I'm butchering it. Uh, but those two had the longest match in history. That match lasted over three days. They had to break it up. There was actually terrible weather during Wimbledon. But over three days, and it lasted a little over 11 hours. And in the end, Eisner actually won that round. So it was just the most interesting of some of the longest and some of the shortest uh, finals wins. It was good to see Serena Williams end up at the top. Venus also played as well, but she was eliminated. I want to say in the quarterfinals, but that's off memory, so I apologize if if I am misquoting what happened. All right, so let's. I'm just going to move on. Let's talk about Pro Football Hall of Fame. 2010 inductees. Ah, oh, Damon, I wish you were here for this so that you could so you could talk about this. All right, so Pro Football Hall of Fame 2010 inductees. First and foremost, Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice deserved to be in the Hall of Fame. I, you know, actually think every last person deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Uh, there's some people that actually never go uh, become recognized or become recognized so far beyond when they were eligible. Uh, that you always think, well, that's a shame. Why did it take so long to finally induct, induct a person into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio? Uh, but at any rate, Jerry Rice, wide receiver, just to give you a few stats on Jerry, uh, he played 1985 to 2000 for the 49ers. This was a good time for San Francisco. 2001 to 2004, he played for the Oakland Raiders. And then in 2004, as well, he played for the Seattle Seahawks, where he retired. Also inducted is Emmett Smith. Yes, Emmett Smith was a Dallas Cowboy. As many of you know, I broadcast from the Dallas, Texas area. So Emmett Smith was inducted. Uh, he is a running back. He played for Dallas Cowboys from 1990 to 2002, and then also went on to play for the Arizona Cardinals from 2003 to 2004. Uh, it was a wonderful moment. It was great to watch him give a speech. He truly, like all of them, can really see the true pride 
of the, wow, I actually did it. It's, it's the completion of the dream in my eyes. Also inducted, Russ Grimm. Russ Grimm was a guard um, in, in the NFL, played 1981 to 1991 for the Washington Redskins. Ricky Jackson, a linebacker, played 1981 to 1993 for the Saints, who that? And in 1994 95 for the San Francisco 49ers. Also inducted, Dick LeBeau. Cornerback, 1959 to 1972, played his entire time for the Detroit Lions. Floyd Little as well, running back, 1967 to 1975. You see what I'm talking about, going back in time and writing wrong. Um, he played uh, 67 to 75 for the Denver Broncos his entire career. Just don't see that anymore these days, a person playing their entire career with, with one team. Although these weren't very long careers, 67 and 75 uh, wasn't very long, but he did some phenomenal things while he played. And then finally, John Randall, defensive tackle, played 1990 to, to 2000 for the Minnesota Vikings, remember him, and then 2001 to 2003 for the Seattle Seahawks. So that rounded out the class of 2010. Uh, they, they inducted this year seven. So it kind of fluctuates. It just depends, you know, how they vote. I've seen some years where they've had only four, some years where they induct the coach as well. So certainly the inductees just vary. But congratulations to all the inductees. Also want to talk about the Pro Basketball Hall of Fame 2010 inductees. So first let's start here. Why do I call it Pro Basketball Hall of Fame? Because I, and I shouldn't have called it Pro Football Hall of Fame because it's really the NFL Football Hall of Fame. But Pro Basketball Hall of Fame is really different because for Pro Basketball Hall of Fame, you can be a professional, you can even be an amateur, uh, you can play internationally. It's really everybody that touches the ball and makes a significant impact. That's loose and my loose interpretation of the actual rule. And so they had a nice big class. Many people that you'll recognize, some that you won't, but they're just phenomenal, and it was it, they certainly did deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. I'm going to start off with Dr. Jerry Buss. If that name sounds familiar, he is a longtime owner of the Los Angeles Lakers, so inducted into the Hall of Fame. There's a lot of controversy, actually, when he was inducted. I'm not sure why. I thought it was appropriate. Again, this is about significant contributions in sports. Next, Ms. Cynthia Cooper-Dyke. Uh, legend in the WNBA, Cynthia Cooper. That's how we knew her when she played for the WNBA. She was there when it started. She won championship after championship. She went on, I think, to be a coach with the WNBA and, again, a pioneer in the sport for women's basketball, women's professional basketball, and so many women that came after her and had looked up to her, her championship spirit. Also, we have DJ Dennis Johnson. The black man with the freckles playing for the Irish, playing for the Boston Celtics. DJ was a very special player to me. Um, as as I grew up watching DJ play, I was never now. This is this is the deal with me. You have to figure it out. I pick a team and I stick with it. I am a fan, a big fan of something, or not a fan at all. So in this case, big big fan growing up of the Lakers, which is kind of funny because I'm not a fan of so much a fan of them anymore. Boston Celtics, it was the reverse. I mean, don't get me wrong, phenomenal team. Larry Bird, Robert Parrish, Ainge, 
I mean, Walton. You know, you just couldn't go wrong with with exactly what the Celtics had. I, I get it. But they always caused trouble for my beloved Lakers. So they were the rival team. And, again, I was a Lakers person growing up. So big, big time Lakers fan. So Dennis Johnson, again, he's very rare. You see a black man with kind of naturally red hair and freckles. And, but he was awesome on the basketball court and just, just an all-around good guy. Um, and so Dennis Johnson, uh, he died actually in 2007. After he retired, he went on to be an assistant coach in the NBA. Eventually he was a head coach of the Austin Toros, if, if, you, if you recall that. The Austin, Texas NBA Developmental League had a team in Austin. Um, he actually, right after practice, it was really wild, around like 11 o'clock, um, he walked out of the the uh, arena where they were practicing and literally had a heart attack right outside of the building, took him to the hospital, couldn't bring him back. So rest in peace, Dennis Johnson. He was inducted posthumously. Also, you have Gus Johnson. Okay, now if that name is not familiar, well, let me tell you why. Gus Johnson played for the Baltimore Bullets. Hmm, name's kind of, kind of familiar. The Baltimore Bullets from 1963 to 1972. And then he went on to play for the Phoenix Suns in 1972 and the Indiana Pacers, a part of the ABA. So we're talking, we're going back here. Uh, the Indiana Pacers, 1972 to 1973. And so Gus Johnson was also inducted posthumously. Also, the mailman, Carl Malone, was inducted. Uh, he played his, his almost his entire career uh, with the Utah Jazz from 1985 to 2003. And he also then went on picking a championship. He went on to play with the Lakers 2003 to 2004. He's got gold medals. He's got MVP awards. No championships for the mailman. Uh, also inducted from the NBA side was Scottie Pippen. Scottie Pippen, Chicago Bulls, 1987 to 1998, a man with many rings. Uh, he also uh, went back and played 2003 to 2004. Also, though, in the between times, he played with the Houston Rockets, 1998 to 99, and played with the Portland Trailblazers, 1999 to 2003. So Scottie Pippen the wingman to Michael Jordan, a necessary, a very necessary combination to make that triangle offense really work and saying people can say what they want about Phil Jackson. And don't get me wrong, he's a great coach. Um, I said that when he was with the Bulls. I, I say that now when he's with the Lakers. But he has magically always been paired with some Hall of Famer and phenomenal uh, players. So I would expect you should be able to win championships, let's take it back. Uh, and not saying I'm talking about Phil, but you know what? I'm going to take a, a sidebar note on Phil Jackson, but you should be able to win when you have Hall of Fame players. So just top of mind with Phil Jackson, thinking about it, Phil Jackson made a comment about Rudy Tom Donovich and, and the thought that he might be soon inducted into the Basketball Hall of Fame. And he was saying, eh, maybe he should get in, maybe he shouldn't, as if Rudy T., hadn't made that much of a contribution. So I do say shame on you, Phil Jackson, for talking badly about Rudy Tom Donovich. I know that his past has been a little checkered at times, uh, but his 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 basketball results and his accomplishments and his ability to really drive a movement 
and Houston in particular for two back-to-back championships. And don't give me the malarkey about it's an asterisk because Michael Jordan wasn't playing. Because Michael, there were many seasons that Michael Jordan played and didn't get a championship at all. So it has nothing to do with Michael Jordan. The Houston Rockets had the best team those two years. And so I just had to say that as a side note. Hope you can appreciate my soapbox. At any rate, the last person to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. All right, so I meant to look this up, so I'm probably butchering this poor man's name as well. Maciel Ubiratan Pareja. Probably I'm mispronouncing the last name for sure. Um, he is touted to be the greatest Brazilian center of all time. The greatest Brazilian center of all time. So very interesting that there's somebody that has that level of greatness, and they never crossed over to the NBA. So I, just, I find that very, very interesting. Uh, so many international players come over and consider basketball in the States the pinnacle for a couple reasons, more exposure and, you know, almighty dollar, a little bit more money. But at any rate, um, he won a total of eight medals in the Olympic Games, World Championships, and the Pan American Games. So, you know, he also got inducted. Again, kudos. I'm going to have to give the uh, the Olympics. Championship. I believe it was the end of February, beginning of March. I don't know the exact title of this championship, but of course it was in the hurdle. That is her sport. I am just this is this is like proud mom, even though I'm not a mom, and we're too close in age for that. But this is a proud. It was a proud moment when I learned that that Lolo became the world champion uh, hurdler. And I want to say that she even broke a world record. Maybe I'm putting a little more icing on the cake than should be, but Lola was was crowned the world champion by her own phenomenal performance in uh, March of 2010. Uh, she and I worked together on part of her potential career transition um, into maybe sports broadcasting, which she's excellent at, and, and she was training at the same time. So if you've ever seen a person try to do two things at one time. It was literally like she had, you know, two different hands doing two things at one time. She handled it very well. I don't know how many people could have done what she did, which was train once and most times twice a day, plus do a traditional type of classroom setting and activities and learning a whole new career at the same time. So it was very nice to see her return to top form in track and field in the beginning of the 2010 season and just go ahead and and meet her actual goal. So kudos to Lolo Jones on that as well. All right, so I'm going to kind of fast forward to, and this is not necessarily an exciting thing to talk about, but it's always necessarily all the same. When you talk about things that happen in a year, you usually say talk about the people that we said goodbye to. So I just want to talk about some of the notable people that we did say goodbye to this year in sports. First, Mr. Bob Seller, 
Bob was a player for the Cleveland Indians. He's a Hall of Fame pitcher. Uh, he died in 2000. Uh, he died in on December 15th, just recently, and he was 92, 92 years old. Uh, also, Don Meredith. We said goodbye to Don, former Dallas Cowboys uh, player and uh, quarterback, I should say, as well as a former SMU Mustang. And uh, he actually died, just died on December 5th. 2010, he was 72 years old. I believe he was battling emphysema, uh, but uh, he was also a staple for Monday Night Football as well, uh, but he retired in 1984 from his broadcasting days. Uh, let's see. Danny McDevitt. Danny was a former Major League Baseball pitcher. Uh, Danny died on November 20th. As a rookie, he left his mark on baseball history by pitching the first game for the Brooklyn Dodgers at Ebbets Field in 1957. He was 78. Also, we had Kenny McKinley. Uh, really sad story about Kenny. Uh, Denver Broncos right tackle. He was found dead in his apartment. It was ruled a suicide. Uh, if you recall, earlier this year, um, Kenny uh, had gotten injured, and he had been off for about a month. Really sad part of that story is that he had been making statements to teammates and people around him saying, I don't know what I would do if I didn't have football. It was almost like the true reality of this thing could end was, was really hitting him. And, um, you know, people brushed it off and didn't take it nearly as seriously as I wish they would have. And, unfortunately, they found him uh, dead in, in his apartment. Very, very young guy. I want to say about... 23, 24 years old. So I don't have his, his his actual age, but very young. All right. So moving forward, we also say goodbye to John to uh, John Wooten. Uh, John, just a gentleman of college basketball. He had one of the greatest dynasties in college basketball. UCLA built it up, and it was everything that basketball should be and more. He lived a long time. Died 99 years old, um, and so again. Uh, we said goodbye in the sports world. We absolutely miss you. We also said goodbye to George uh, Steinbrenner, controversial owner, uh, but he brought the, the New York Yankees really to where they are today, this billion-dollar business. And so we said goodbye to him too. Not sure how old he was when, when he actually died. All right, also, uh, let's see, a couple others that I'll, that I'll point out. There's a lot of people. We say goodbye to a lot of people in sports this year. Um, also, NHL coach uh, Pat Burns as well that we said goodbye to. Pat was this unconventional and accidental uh, transition person from being a police officer to owning a team. The only man voted for the National Hockey League's coach of the year, not owning a team, but coaching a team. Um, but he was voted Coach of the Year three times. Um, he died on November 19th, really, really young, 58 years old. So, you know, the older I get, everybody is dying younger and younger. Um, also, Ken Ken Iman, uh, he's a former lineman, coach, and executive. Ken Iman died November 13th, 2010. He played 15 seasons, split between the Green Bay Packers and the Los Angeles Rams. He was 71 years old. Uh, we also said goodbye to Quentin Daly, a 10-year NBA veteran, played for the Bulls, Clippers, and the Seattle Supersonics. He died in his sleep on November 8th, just about uh, almost two months ago. 
unknown causes and 29 years old, just very, very, very young. All right, so Sparky Anderson, that made a lot of news this year as well, Hall of Fame manager. Um, he died. He was 76 years old. He was this, um, you know, he had complications apparently from dementia, and um, he died the Cincinnati Reds to the World Series Championship in 1975 and 76, and then led the Tigers to the title in 1984. Uh, and so, Sparky, we will miss you as well. And then finally, just to wrap it up, there's one more mentionable was Maurice Lucas, former NBA player and coach. Um, he died on October 31st after a long bout with bladder cancer. It's interesting. A lot of the athletes, for whatever reason, as I, there's, I mean, there's really a long, long list. So I was looking at all these causes of death because it's so exciting to do, right? But you start seeing these these young ages, and you just want to know, well, you know, how did they how did they pass on? A lot of people die from bladder cancer in particular. So I don't know what's what's going on with bladder cancer, but lots of people say goodbye to us. So I'm really sad about that as well. All right, so I'm going to go on. I guess Damon is still stuck in traffic. That's okay. And 2010. So. We talked about this. This was the year of big events in strange new places, okay? Big events in strange new places. So the first thing that I want to talk about is um, the South Africa World Cup. It was played in South Africa. So the the, uh, soccer World Cup was played in South Africa. What's really interesting about it, and, and it's not necessarily a strange place, but there was a lot of criticism about the World Cup being played there because it is a developing country and they were worried about some of the facilities, the spaces, and all of these new arenas. I want to say it was like six, I think it was six, six new stadiums were built for the World Cup and all of these things happened. Well, guess what? Now we're like broke. Um, as This happens with many, many cities that host these major world events like the Olympics or what have you. Sometimes it does very well for the city and it will spark commerce in certain areas of a city, but it also will leave bankrupt um, other areas of a city as well. And that's really right now what South Africa is is actually dealing with. So apparently uh, contributors estimated that it's $5.5 billion um, that they're kind of in the hole. And the bills keep coming in and, you know, the event's over. So it's not like they're having new revenue from the uh, World Cup. So that was a big event in a strange new place. Not strange like weird, but just different, just different. Also, we had the Vancouver Olympics. So the the uh, Winter Olympics were, were held in Vancouver, Canada. Damon, you're missing out. And uh, talking about Canada. But that was a strange place as well. And, let me, and so you think anywhere in Canada should make sense. But apparently, and I am a summer Olympic sports person, not necessarily Winter Olympics, but apparently it's got to be really, 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 really cold for you to do what you're supposed to do at the Summer Olympics, I mean at the Winter Olympics. So it was a little warmer than they expected at 7 degrees, no less. And so that that extra warm air at 7 degrees, um, that extra warm air was causing the snow to be slushy and causing there to be problems. And the end, it just kind of halfway worked out, but... Um, it kind of worried a lot of people. So apparently in upcoming Winter Olympics, they are nervous that they're going to have much of the same problem with another area that historically is at about 10 degrees. All right. So let me go to, uh, and that's Celsius, by the way, not uh, not Fahrenheit. Okay. 
So let me also talk about FIFA games. All right, so the FIFA games, um, um, the the committee awarded the upcoming games 2018 and 2022 um, to Russia and then Qatar. So those are really different, really, really different. So we'll have to see what comes of that. I haven't necessarily heard any criticism yet, but it's different. Now, how could I be broadcasting from Dallas, Texas area? How could I be doing it? And not talk about the greatest stadium on earth, or so they say. Definitely one of the biggest and the biggest television screen that you could imagine. So in 2010, Jerry Jones and the owner of the Dallas Cowboys, um, he opened the door to the Cowboy Stadium located in Arlington, Texas, touts this 100-foot HD TV screen that apparently now, I didn't do this when I've been to the stadium, but when you go in, a lot of people said they sit in their seat, but they find themselves mesmerized by this huge screen that's just, you just can't miss it. It's so big that the first time there was a game in the in the stadium, the kicker kicking the ball hit the TV. Now, who would think that you could actually hit the television that people are watching? That's how big the thing is. I've heard that Jerry said if he had to do it all over again, he'd go a little smaller. But it is a sight to see. Even better is the capacity for the stadium, which is over 100,000 feet. So that's pretty phenomenal to say that you can have an event that brings together all those types of people, fans and cheering and whatnot. So what was great is that we also saw in February of 2010 the NBA All-Star Game that was actually played in Cowboy Stadium. So we had a basketball game, the All-Star game played in a football arena, largest attendance in history, and a little over 108,000 people, 108,000, 108,000 people. And so a lot of people just went because they just wanted to see and be in an event that actually had that many people. So it was kind of like an amazing thing. Uh, the one little, I guess it's just a half asterisk, not a whole asterisk, a half asterisk, and I have to say is that I just, you know, Jerry, between, you know, just just you and I, parking is too expensive. And you got to lower the parking. The parking is like 75 bucks at Cowboy Stadium. When you factor in getting yourself together, buying the jersey and all your rah-rah stuff, go out there, park for like an expensive amount, and then go for a hike or have to wait for the shuttle to take you. You do all of that. You get there. You're probably going to be hungry. And then you may want to buy some other souvenir. It's an expensive event. And I know they, that the Cowboys ticket offices, that they have all kinds of promotions and programs. Um, but that's one comment that I've consistently heard about the arena. It's just so expensive to park. It actually priced me out of being interested in parking. I was like, I'll just take a cab or do car service. I'll park, I'll, maybe I'll go, you know, 10 miles from the arena and, or from the stadium and then just take a cab the rest of the way and leave my car in a, a nice comfy place that I know not just out in the middle of, you know, swampland. So uh, that's the only comment I will make. But it is awesome to see the facility is just state-of-the-art. It's still called the Cowboy Stadium because no marketer or, or no sponsor has come up to the plate to pay the $1 billion price tag that it would, I think that it costs to be able to put your name on the arena. Um, so hopefully at some stage of the game we'll see somebody step to the plate. I can't wait to see who it is because whoever steps up to the plate, me and you got to talk. I got some leadership classes and some things 
and I think you might be interested in too. So, <laughs> um, so that's that. So congratulations. Those are some of the some of this year's big events in strange new places. All right. So I am working. I am working backwards here. Let's see. I talked about football. I talked about. Uh, let me talk about some of the notables as well in just sports in general, because that, that was kind of important as well. I guess Damon may not be able to jump on. All right, so some of the notables. Top of the year, I was there at the game, the BCS National Championship. BCS National Championship, we saw the Texas Longhorns, University of Texas Longhorns, as well as the uh, Alabama Crimson Tide. And in that game, uh, you know, it was so much fun because you saw all these roll tide stuff. And I had a, I was with a, with with a group of athletes, which was really fun. Athletes from a variety of sports, and we all went to watch the game and just the excitement of being at that national championship game. But even more exciting was the fact that, as many of you know, that I attended Texas A&M University, a rival school to Longhorns. So I get to this game and I'm like, wow, you know, I kind of kind of grew up in Texas. So am I supposed to be cheering for the Longhorns because they're Texas? Because that just feels like so uncomfortable. Or should I be cheering for Alabama? Well, when it's all said and done, I thought, well, you know, Alabama has almost the same colors as Texas A&M. And if it was any other school, you know, I would probably be going for Alabama. They had a good team and they won. So it was because of my cheering that they won. Final score for the BCS championship was Alabama Crimson Tide 37, Texas Longhorns 21. It was a really good game. Um, and if you recall, the uh, quarterback for the Longhorns got hurt very early on. We were actually stuck in traffic, and by the time we got into the arena and doing all of that and finding our seats, the backup quarterback was there. And to his credit, did an excellent job of keeping it very close. So it will be interesting to see uh, what Texas does. Although I have to also note that the Longhorns lost to my beloved Texas A&M uh, Aggies. Uh, final score was 24-17. So I just had to pop that in. Oh, it looks like we might have the man of the hour. Damon Allen, are you on? I am on the road uh, trying to get on your show. <laughs> You're on the run, but you had to get on the show. Well, I absolutely love that, so, and I and I, I was, and I'm glad you're here. How are you? I was, I'm doing very good. I said I'm on the road. I'm trying to get on your show. You're still on, and you're still on the road trying to. Well, that's because it's the hottest show in town. I don't blame you. Well, you're right. <laughs> I, I, it is the hottest show in town, and uh, the fact that it's a a long hour this time. You changed uh, your whole uh, show program? I did. I changed up the program for the end of the year chat and talked about a lot. Man, I talked about, I'm going to recap, Damon. Uh, you know, I brought up the fact, I talked about all the championship wins, as you know. And so I had to talk about New Orleans, the Lakers, the Chicago Blackhawks, the San Francisco Giants, and, of course, I had to add the Montreal Alouettes. To that as well. That's right. The two-time uh, Grand Cup champions of the last couple of years. Yes. That's correct. Uh, did, you talk, did, you talk, did you talk about the World Cup? Uh, Spain winning their first uh, World Cup of uh, soccer. No, I did not. See, that's why I need you here. 
You see, that's why I'm so glad you you uh, dialed in. You know, what I talked about was just that the World Cup was 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 actually held in South Africa, and and I don't know if you know this from uh from the outside of the sports world, but South Africa is like kind of going broke thanks to the World Cup. They're like five point five million a billion dollars in like in in the hole. Wow, we didn't know that, but we knew that uh, Spain. Uh beat the Netherlands in the Spain's first World Cup, and so that was quite surprising to me, too. Uh, Absolutely. Oh, well, well, there were some just great matches. I traveled a lot during that time, and what I thought was funny is you could always tell when, when there was a game on if you passed by any kind of, like, hotel, restaurant, bar kind of thing. I was in a lot of hotels at the time. And, I mean, people were just glued to the television, and all of a sudden you just saw fans from all over the world just kind of come together and just cheer for their team. So I really do like the World Cup. It brings together a lot of people. And there's an interesting, especially in hockey, because, you know, uh, Canadians also, they dominate hockey throughout the year, but even in 2010, uh, the U.S. uh, uh, junior uh, hockey team actually beat the Cannon Juniors uh, last uh, this past year, and so that was a, extremely a highlight, especially when it comes to you know hockey in Canada. So that was quite big that really? U.S. Juniors beat the the Canadian Juniors. Wow. Well, now I did not know that. You see that? See that? That's why you have to have a co-host so that they can bring all the everything to it. So good. Well, then I also touched on. Uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame inductees this year, Jerry Rice, Emmitt Smith, Russ Grimm, uh, Ricky Jackson, Dick LeBeau, Floyd Little, and John Randall. They had seven inductees this year, so I kind of talked about that and touched on what they did and then talked about Pro Basketball Hall of Fame. Now, did you know this? Because this is my first time really figuring out this, that for the Basketball Hall of Fame, it's, it's open to everybody, amateurs and professionals all over the world. It's just one. There's just one Hall of Fame. Basketball Hall of Fame. Yes, it's called Pro. This pro, the 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 Pro Basketball Hall of Fame that we probably mistakenly in the U.S. call the NBA Hall of Fame. It's not an NBA Hall of Fame. It's a Pro Basketball Hall of Fame. So people from well, all around NFL. the world and in international ball are eligible to be inducted. Well, even the NFL is like that too. There's no NFL Hall of Fame. It's the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yep. Did you know that? That's true. Yeah, and so I think it's it's no different, which it allows uh, you know amateurs from people all over the the walk of life, and uh, and that was the one thing that um, you know they're saying that uh, the fact that Warren Moon is actually the first player to be inducted in the NFL and also the CFL Hall of Fame, which is quite uniquely right to be in two Hall of Fame. Right. That's and, right. Uh, and I'm pretty sure there are some Canadian uh, people here are trying to push me to get into the Pro Football Hall of Fame uh, because right. of uh, the numbers that I do. Look, as, as well they should. <laughs> as well they should. Damon, do we need to start that right now? Because, you know, you no. only have to campaign and kind of lobby. So, so are we giving birth to that campaign and that lobby right now, right here on The Real Jenny on sports? I would would welcome it. (laughs) Right. We're starting it right now. This is the campaign. It starts right now at 9.46 p.m. Central Standard Time on December 28, 2010. 
the campaign for Damon Allen, one of the greatest players to ever put his hands on the laces for him to be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And, you know, I mean, just tell me what I need to do. Just, you know, run down the street, put my hair on fire. You tell me what I need to do, Damon. We're going to get you in that Hall of Fame, you and your brother. You know, your brother's you there, so it's, so it's just time for you to join him. Now, you just continue to do your show and uh, and bring that uh, that lady-like uh, insight uh, to the game because uh, there's not too many ladies that can know sports the way you do, and uh, it's, it's kind of refreshing, too. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you. Well, I well I am serious because, of course, you know, I, I brag on you not – not because you're so nice, but you are nice. I brag on you because your talent really brags on you for you. So, uh, but you're eligible now, right? Is are you are you still waiting a few more months to be eligible for the CFL? I think 2011, I'll be eligible uh, to go in uh, to the Hall of Fame. Yes. Excellent. Because CFL is a is a three year waiting period. It is a three year waiting period, and so. Very good. A lot, of people, a lot of people assume that, uh, you know, I should be in my first first year. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I'm going to assume that, too. And and I'm not going to be the assume part of the assume. <laughs> I'm going to be right. <laughs> You're going to get in. And so um, I was just talking about, I, I talked about who we said goodbye to in sports. Um, I don't know if you heard that that part as well. But I was getting to the sports notables, just covered the BCS. I think you heard that part. But you know what I want to touch on? Michael Vick reinstated. This man went from people not wanting him in the league to people cheering MVP. How did that happen? Did you just find out that he's actually the starting uh, Pro Bowl quarterback for the NFC? Did you know that? No, I did not know that. Yes, oh, that, was, awesome. that was that was a, that was announced. Him and uh, Tom Brady are the two starting uh-huh. quarterbacks for uh, the Pro Bowl this year. Excellent. Oh, that's yeah, his, excellent. Uh, you know what he's been able to do is just phenomenal. Uh, you know the fact that uh, he has so many critics uh, behind him, but the fact that he's able to uh, change his life uh, and, and put it to a you know, a, a greater, a positive direction for him, and the fact that he can play the game of football like uh, nobody else. Uh, he is the most entertaining player in the National Football League. And uh-huh. if it wasn't for Tom Brady's season, then he would probably be MVP of the league also. But he is the comeback player of the year. Uh, absolutely. I think he definitely gets that award. Okay, it looks like we have a caller. Caller, you are on live with the real Jenny. Tell me your name and your question or comment. Well, my name is Kedrick Young, and I was calling because I heard you mention the thing about the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I was thinking to myself, a player like, well, basketball Hall of Fame, a player like Robert Ory, uh, you get a player mm-hmm. like him versus a player like, uh, I don't know, Charles Barkley. Do you think a player like Robert Ory should be a Hall of Famer? Very good question. I, look, I'll jump in. I say yes. Now, mind you, big, you know, big, you know, big bank Bob. I mean, he was the big, he was big, big shot Bob, I should say. Um, clutch player was was a role player at the end of his career. 
but was instrumental for the Rockets winning uh, their their first two and their only two championships in the 90s. Uh, you know, I think he deserved. He went on to win championships with other teams, and I think he lent this 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 veteran spirit and his championship spirit to other teams to allow them to go in and win. He was the veteran that you could count on. What do you think, Damon? Well, I think uh, there's a criteria, right, that makes the player have the opportunity to go into Hall of Fame. A lot of it is numbers, right, and the amount of all-star picks. And so you have to look at his career and say, that has he ever been an all-star? Even though he had, uh, I mean, one of his greatest gifts is, uh, his ability to make big game shots, and that's what he's been known for. Uh, but at the same time, uh, his longevity uh, of playing the game uh, is a really is a credit to him. But when it's all said and done, you know, people look at the popularity, uh, the all-star picks, and so, you know, that would be one of the reasons why that uh, he wouldn't make it is the fact that he's never been an all-star, I don't believe, uh, and the fact that um, – you know, he wasn't a popular player and a starter, too. Well, well, you know, uh, if I had to guess when he would get inducted, I don't think he'll, you know, he'll be inducted when he's young. I think he'll be one of those players that gets inducted uh, when you say, who is that? You know, and it'll be 20, 30 years after he's retired, if if not posthumously. Um, I think he'll be one of those players that will – will probably be nominated almost every year and make it up into the some of the final cuts. But at some point, there will probably be a campaign, like there are for many players, after a while to say you can't keep passing this one player up. So uh, well, this is good. But you have to also look at them. I mean, there, there, there are quite a few players in the league that are a Robert Ory type of player. True. That you can also yep. look at that the names may come up that were great players with longevity, but you know they weren't all star players, but they had long careers and they uh, they were steadfast and uh, and what they're able to do and what they can bring to different teams and you know obviously Lord, uh, Ori with all those uh, championship rings um, would give him an opportunity to be mentioned. Uh, his name Absolutely. would come up, but. You have to understand, I mean, he probably won't even be in the Hall of Fame by the time the Kobe and all these other players come in, in the game now uh, will be Hall of Famers will be the Hall of Famers before them. That's oh no, before that's him. absolutely correct. I no, I I totally, totally agree. But I think the sure number of his championship rings will certainly give him a good conversation. I'll throw another name out there that probably falls into the same category and that's a Craig you know, that's Craig Elo. Elo had some of the same uh, had some of the same characteristics. He was the go-to person at the end. He didn't have as much swagger as as a Robert Ory, but he was certainly the the uh, clutch three-pointer uh, for the Houston Rockets and a few other teams as he moved on before he retired. So, you know, I will say you are correct. There are a few players that fall into that same category that had a long career, maybe it's because they didn't play as many minutes as a starter, uh, as some of the other ones, but had a very long career and was a consistent, stable player. But I'm rooting for Robert Ory, too. But if I had to pick, Damon, I'm rooting for you first. All right. So well, I got... he, he just wasn't huh? a starter throughout his whole career, too. And so that's the one thing you have to look at. He wasn't a starter his whole career. That's right. That is exactly right. So not that I want to end on a bad note, but we've got about five minutes. So I just want to mention a couple of things. You know, Brett Favre, 
Damon, you remember on the on the inaugural show uh uh, that that we started, you were on as as at the time as my guest host, and Brett Favre came out and talked about would he play again? Maybe, maybe not. That was around the beginning of August, and so I was like, wow, what a great show to have the great Damon Allen on to talk about it. He did play. Um, he got injured, and was probably his his very last Monday Night Football game. And he also had this sexting scandal. Is, I mean, do you think he should have played? One more season, or should it, should he have cut it off already, and he could have avoided this whole season? What do you think? Well, I think it's just what he had to deal with this year, from the scandal to everything, is just really taking its toll on him. But also physically, um, uh, he had three concussions this year, and so he has to really start to look at his health. And uh, you know, that was probably the only reason why he wouldn't come back, even though he's uh, you know he's sixty or uh, six hundred some yards. You know, have an opportunity to break the the passing record of pro football history, but uh, Brett Favre. I mean, just the season he had, and then uh, you know, they're looking at all these other young quarterbacks. I think it's just time is uh, it's time for him to move on now. Uh, no, I I I completely agree. I completely agree. And now this was the year of the tiger. Um, and this is not according to Tiger Woods. This is uh, this is according to the Chinese calendar. And so, uh, interesting enough, Mr. I am Cabin Asian, um, Tiger Woods had kind of what I consider kind of a rocky year for him by his standards. He, uh, he had a year that had some injuries, and he was trying to recover and come back and did some things on the green that he hadn't ever done for himself. Again, phenomenal player. If you add up dollars and cents, he actually still was the top earner in golf this year. So what say you about Tiger Woods for his 2010 golf season? <laughs> well, he's probably had the toughest year as any professional athlete has ever had. Uh, no one had to go through what he had to go through the entire year. I mean, from uh, losing sponsorships to divorce to not playing to his, uh, his, his finest golf to losing his coach, to to uh, finding another coach uh, in the midst of all these different things that he had. It's not one man he had to go through what Tiger Woods had, had to go through. And so, you know, the the interesting part, what makes him very interesting, because now people are waiting to see, you know, what Tiger will see in 2011. So that will keep his name out there. That's, a, that's exactly correct. So I'm looking for him to do some – some good things in 2012. I think his personal life will will settle down in 2012, and it will give him an opportunity to, uh, or in 2011, and I think it will give him a chance to really be more comfortable in this new way of living as a as a divorced man who has children on the other side of the world and trying to make a living. So I look forward to seeing him do some uh, very big things. Uh, also, I brought this up earlier. I think it was before you were on the call. Kobe Bryant wins a championship. When they put the microphone to his face, he's smitten and says, "Now I have one more than Shaq." Is that like a? Is that like the biggest sore loser, the biggest sore winner loser you've ever seen? I mean, well, I was, I was you know, confused. Kobe, well, I mean, everyone everyone looks at Kobe and says, you know, he, he speaks four or five different languages, uh, and uh, he's he's one of the best players in basketball. But still, people are still, you know, scratching their head with some of the comments that he makes. But 
Um, <laughs> and, and, and when it comes down to it, it's just Kobe. <laughs> Well, I just, you know, he speaks a lot of languages. I can't wait for him to speak some common sense. You know, they certainly have a shot at at the uh, championship. So I think the Boston Celtics will actually take it. So really quick, NFL prediction, who's going to win the Super Bowl? Well, I think uh, the AFC will it'll, it'll, it'll be uh, New England. Uh, the NFC, okay. man, it's really uh, it's, it's up in the air. I mean, I can't really pick an NFC. NFC team that uh, that that has the ability to actually run right through the playoffs. I, I think New England has that ability. Um, All right. Well, I need to cut you off. But our radio show is going to cut us off, Damon. It's been such a pleasure in 2010. I appreciate you. I look forward to seeing you on this show and me listening to your new show. You've been on live with the real Jenny. This is the 2010 recall. We'll see you next. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.